Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. They say there's going to be a fight in Congress over Biden's cabinet nominees. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see that fight or not. How exactly is that going to work? Marco Rubio? Going to say, I'm opposed? It's going to go 50-50 and that's going to be it, but it's not going to go 50-50. Because what's going to make me think that Lisa Murkowski or Mitt Romney or Susan Collins aren't going to vote, you know, in the in the spirit of bipartisanship? You think Biden's going to have to wait any length of time in the way that Donald Trump had to wait in order to get people approved? No! You think Biden's even worried? Of course not. Joe Biden has a plan. And Joe Biden's plan is a dozen executive actions addressing climate and racial equity. And referring to them both as a crisis. Byron York was talking about this. That according to Ron Klain, who will be the chief of staff for Joe Biden, They're going to address four overlapping and compounding crises. COVID-19, economic crisis, climate crisis, and a racial equity crisis. Okay. Well, that should be interesting. Oh, never mind. Uh, Everyone should be wearing a mask on federal property and interstate travel. Does that mean if I'm driving down an interstate from one state to another and I don't have a mask on in my car, I can be pulled over? Well, if you don't have a seatbelt on, you'd be pulled over. I I don't believe in that either. Tony, you don't believe in seatbelt laws? Of course I don't believe in seatbelt laws. You're in your own car. You don't want to wear a seatbelt? That is none of my concern. I'm not interested in being your nanny. You want to go through a windshield? That's your problem, not mine. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number, 833-468-8669. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. And I believe that. I don't want you to go through a windshield. I don't want to tell people they can't go through a windshield. Does that make sense? You don't want to wear uh, uh, a seatbelt. You know what can happen to you. Go right ahead. Not interested in being your nanny at all and in any way. By the way, some of the other plans from, uh, from Joe Biden... Uh, extending or uh, the existing pause on student loan payments and interest for a million Americans with federal student loans, rejoin the Paris Agreement, which does nothing, and reverse the Muslim ban. It wasn't a Muslim ban. That's just wasn't what it was. It's that's just a lie. I would call Ron Klain a liar to his face. And I don't know Ron. Right? He actually uh, grew up in Indianapolis, where I live. I've I've never met him. Don't get me wrong. Um, I have always said about Ron Klain, who's the incoming uh, um, chief of staff, you did all this work on Ebola, and then here we have COVID, and you don't say, hey, for the good of the country, anything I can do to help. You say, hey, how can we use this politically? I have real, real contempt for the people who made uh, coronavirus political. Real ugly stuff. 
right? The Muslim ban, you mean a travel ban, would stop people from nations that support terrorism from coming into the country, is smart, good, valuable, and worthy. And being opposed to it should make one wonder what kind of soul you have. Really and truly. We're not talking about stopping people who are Muslim from coming into the country. And don't say you care at all about Muslims when you don't speak up about the Uyghurs in China. Oh, no, 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 that dog won't hunt. But you don't allow people into the country from nations that sponsor terrorism. You stand up to terrorists. But it's Joe Biden and standing up really isn't part of his thing. His other plans... Uh, early action to advance equity and support communities of color and other underserved communities. Action to begin fulfilling campaign promises related to reforming our criminal justice system. Additional executive actions to address the climate crisis with the urgency the science demands and ensure the science guides the administration's decision making. First steps to expand access to health care, including for low-income women and women of color. His promise to restore dignity to our immigration system and our border policies and start the difficult but critical work of reuniting families separated at the border. Okay. By the way, uh, when, when I run for president, uh, Producer Ari, and you are, of course, my campaign manager, <sighs> I am going to be in favor of executive actions that do all of these things, and then I'm also going to be in favor of executive actions that do none of these things, while simultaneously being in favor of executive actions that do some of these things as needed for the American people. Thank you. Sounds efficient. Right. So if you would do me a favor and just uh, uh, get that get that crafted into a, a press release, we'll get that out there. Uh, Cats 2024. Right. That that's that's the plan. Um, vote for cats because seriously, these people that's going to be my tag. That's going to be my tag. But seriously, these people question mark. Oh, tell me I'm not going to win. This is Joe Biden in his first hundred days. These are the things that he sees as important. Joining rejoining the Paris Climate Accord which does nothing to, nothing to help the environment and puts the United States in a position of weakness. We really do have these very differing views on what makes a nation. And it has led, of course, uh, not just me, but me and, and, and others to ask, how do you engage with people who aren't looking at, well, here's another way we can work the country. They don't believe in the country. I put forth to you that Joe Biden does not believe in America the way I do. And what he believes in, I would argue, isn't actually America. Now, if you think that this is a new conversation, this is not. This is a conversation that I have with my mother, 73. Her parents coming over from Poland and making a life, escaping the horrors that were coming. They didn't even know each other. They met in the United States. They met in Brooklyn, actually in Manhattan, where they were at night school learning English. That's where they met. It is my mother who discusses the idea that the America they believe in isn't actually America. It's something fundamentally different. Exactly how divided are we all, and how do you bring those things back? And that's when I tell my mother to take a breath. 
It's not that she's wrong, and it's not that she's hysterical. Because my father is already hyperventilating in the corner at 82. He can't believe it. He cannot believe that this is the nation. Now, the people on the political left will say, oh, what's the matter? Your parents don't like the fact that black people are equal? <laughs> that's, that's, that's what they do. Right? They they go right to that kind of, right to that, oh, it's a treat, I tell you. It's an absolute treat uh, to have people who look at the country and say, if you disagree with our point of view, it's because you're bigoted. How do you even begin to engage those people? But if you don't believe in America on top, if you don't believe in a strong border, if you don't believe putting down uh, terrorists and pushing back against terrorist nations, if you believe that you should call 75 million people bigots, if you believe that all they do is exist to take tax dollars from, if you believe in free college, as if somehow anything is for free, well then my gosh, you believe in a fundamentally different nation than I do. There was a very interesting back and forth between uh, Nikki Haley and Christy Nome. Right? So you've got Nikki Haley, who's the former governor of South Carolina, ambassador uh, to, to the UN. And you have Christy Nome, governor of South Dakota. And the story goes. A tweet from uh, Nikki Haley. A Texas school district opened a free grocery store to help disadvantaged students. The student-run store allows students to buy essentials without money. If we can make our food pantries look like a grocery store, we can keep dignity in people. That's the, the story. Christy Nome responds with a quote from Milton Friedman saying there's no such thing as a free lunch. I got to tell you, that's... That's very, very funny. That's a very funny one-two thing. And the best is Sam Stein, who is with Politico and MSNBC, responds with an aggressive first volley in the 2024 Shadow Wars, this time taking a sharp stand against giving disadvantaged kids food. Now, is that what they're discussing? Did Nikki Haley or Christy Nome oppose the idea of giving food to kids who are hungry? Of course not. Rational people know this. But if you're a punk from Politico who is only there to attack, you think this is the conversation, or at least this is how you position it, and then my parents are proven correct. This ain't America. What the hell is wrong with you? I do not know what it's like to so desperately uh, pimp oneself out uh, to be liked. Trust me, I don't get invited to many parties. And I'm a hoot, too, which is really the shame. Neither Nikki Haley nor Governor Nome were saying you should let kids go hungry. They were discussing the reality of a situation. Here's what this school is doing. Hey, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Maybe Nikki Haley comes back with, we least believe in private charity, and that's what this is here. We're talking about the setup, not the cost of the food. They could have had a great conversation. But that's not what the left wants. It's very obvious that there are so many 
on the political left who believe in such a different thing than the political right in terms of what the nation is. And even in terms of the fundamental conversations, it is not about, well, what are you trying to say? Hey, what are you trying to say? Hmm, interesting. It's about what are you saying? How do I work to manipulate that to destroy you? Everything we should be opposed to. And that's why my father is hyperventilating in the corner. And that's why my mother is looking around saying, my parents escaped Poland for this? And then they get themselves back together and they go back to work. Yes, because at 82 and 73, they still work. They have a small business. And they pay their taxes to people who call them racists. Yeah, there's real anger in America. And there seems to be no end of fomenting it in sight. But take a breath. Take a deep breath. I'm Tony Katz. I refuse to read the opinion piece. But if someone has, could they please tell me whether it's worth reading? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. TonyKatz.com for everything that you need on Facebook. Tony Katz Radio. Yeah, we're still there. They haven't taken us down yet. It's actually a rather cool group of people. You should come hang out. Facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. It's an opinion piece over at the Washington Post. And I swear to you, this is the kind of thing that I thought would be approved of by producer Ari. Must be good. To understand Trump's support, we must think in terms of multiracial whiteness. And at that moment, I said, I have many other things to do. Like, for example, stick my hand in a blender. I'm very busy. So so here's your homework assignment, Producer Ari. Mm. I want you to read that. And I want you to explain to the class tomorrow what the hell that means. All right. All right? I want <laughs> To understand Trump's support, we must think in terms of multiracial whiteness. The last time we got close to anything like this was when we were told that George Zimmerman was a white Hispanic. George Zimmerman, the death of Trayvon Martin. Remember the story? We were told he was a white Hispanic. And 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 I said, no, and I moved on. Now it's coming back. Producer Ari, you have your homework assignment. You have the assignment. Go to it. Christy Swanson, the actress, who's lovely, by the way, and she is. She she's she's lovely. I have no personal issue with Christy Swanson at all or in in any way. I think she follows me on Twitter. Oh. To, to the extent that I'm still on Twitter. Well, she's upset by this idea that um, Macaulay Culkin and others want to, uh, you know, like, like uh, get rid of Donald Trump from the movie Home Alone 2. I don't know why you would want to do such a thing. I think that you got to be really mental to think that that matters and to have a, a point of view on that. Christy Swanson, who again is lovely, and she's on the political right, by the way. If cancel culture is really going to have Donald J. Trump removed from the John Hughes movie Home Alone, then in support of my president, I'd like to have myself officially removed from the John Hughes films Pretty in Pink and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And I said, oh, 
the swing, the miss, the effort. You, you know the problem is that it's a swing and a miss, uh, but they were playing basketball. Like, she, she's not even in it. First, she spelled Bueller's wrong. And I just, oh, you can't spell the movie wrong that you were in. Uh, I can let that go, though. Oh, you are kind, producer Ari. Then, in Pretty in Pink, she didn't have a speaking line. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, no. Okay, this is a lot worse than I thought it was. The problem here is not that she she wants to make a point that it's just ridiculous what they're doing. So just say it's ridiculous. She did not think this one through. That's all. She didn't think it through. I mean, it's not supportive. The, 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 it's a bad idea to begin with. Don't add on to it by saying, yeah, and with this bad idea, we should do this. That's... It doesn't it doesn't help. There's no there's no value here. Then of course there's one of the stranger headlines of the day. Jamie Lynn Spears blames Elon Musk and Tesla for killing her cats. And I know what you're saying. Jamie Lynn Spears is still a thing? Yes, this is the sister of Britney Spears. Right? Britney Spears shaved her head, beat up a car, and isn't in charge of her own life, and still more grounded than Jamie Lynn. The argument she's making is that they've lost, and she says, I don't want to tell you how many cats, because they don't hear the Tesla crank, and unfortunately things happen, and it's really devastating and tragic for everyone involved, meaning Teslas are quiet, because it's an electric car, and her cats are getting run over. And how many cats do you have and how many of them play in the street? Or are they getting run over in the driveway? Are they are they run over in, in, in the driveway? Which would mean that either people are coming to visit you with a Tesla or you have a Tesla. And if Jamie Lynn Spears is driving a Tesla, well, where is she getting this money from what? Zoe she was on a Nickelodeon show for a hot second. Great show. What was the show? Zoe 101. And it got canceled when she got pregnant, and we never got to see how it ended. Oh, is that what happened? Yes. She was 15. You, you saw Zoe 101? Tony, I, I'm her age. Like, yeah, that was a popular show. Oh. Learned something new today. She has a Tesla. That drives me crazy more than anything else. I'm Tony Katz. So Lowe's Hotels canceled a fundraiser for Senator Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley, Republican Missouri, one of the people who engaged challenges of the Electoral College vote. They believe that's just doesn't work to our standards. Well, why not? Can we ask that question? I think it's important to ask uh, these woke folk exactly what their standards are so we can all get an understanding and be on the same page. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Now, in order to to do this uh, right, let me go back to 2004 in a montage put together by uh, Tom Elliott over at Grabian. This is what they were saying 2004, the news media. 
Could there be a big pothole on the road to the Bush inaugural? Rumors of a congressional challenge to the election results are picking up steam on the eve of the certification of the Electoral College numbers. You say it's just a protest, but it does bring attention to the problem of our system when it comes to voting here in the United States. We've got an electoral system out there that doesn't work. We spend more on prison food yep. in this country than elections. What they want to do, in part, is to highlight what they call the massive disenfranchisement, as uh, Representative Conyers said in a letter that you just presented, of voters in Ohio. So many voters were disenfranchised, they said, that the Ohio vote and the result of the presidential election are still in doubt. The outcome, of course, was not changed, delayed less than three hours. The Republican leaders, like Congressman DeLay and Ohio Republican Chair Bob Bennett, treated it as if the Capitol had been pillaged by the Visigoths. The Democrats knew that it was a pretty ceremonial objection, but regarded it as important. Why did both sides treat this like political dynamite? It would have been nice if both sides could get on a more bipartisan footing and look at these problems. I think Senator Boxer made an excellent point today when she said, we've got soldiers abroad dying uh, for democracy, but and we need to fix our own democracy here at home, and that's really what it's about. Keith Olbermann in that clip, not bothered by anything, so why is anybody bothered now? Perhaps what we are seeing is much more theater than it is fact. Well, Tony, they did riot at the Capitol. Well, you do have a point. They did riot at the Capitol, which is not the fault of Josh Hawley. Let's say this again. It's not the fault of Josh Hawley. Now, if you want to say, well, Josh Hawley participated in saying that the election was not legitimate, so did all of the senators in 2004 who engaged the challenge. So again, how can it be his fault? You can make an argument valuably, may I add, that says that our words matter and that we should, we should, without question, take a look at the words that we say, our rhetoric as we would call it, and see how we can be better at sharing ideas and thoughts. That's fine. I think it's a, that's, that, that's a noble cause. Claiming that Hawley and Cruz are guilty of insurrection is foolhardy, is wrong-headed, like it was wrong-headed for Lowe's to cancel this fundraiser, like it was wrong-headed of Simon & Schuster to not publish Josh Hawley's book after agreeing to by contract. Just wrong. Well, this has now been remedied because Josh Hawley's book will be published by Regnery. I have done audiobooks for Regnery before. And they are going to publish the book. Meanwhile, 250 members of the quote-unquote literary community signed a letter urging publishers not to sign book deals with anyone in the Trump administration. Louis Farrakhan is still fine. Roman Polanski, more than okay. Without question, you, that, that'll all work. What person says, hey, don't, allow, don't publish a book from so-and-so? And what do I do with 250 members of the literary community? What makes you think you're in any way important? The letter is, in, is titled, No Book Deals for Traders. 
That's not possible. Barack Obama has three books. See what I did there? I mean, we're just going to label people things. Crap, just throw it out there. What does it matter? Oh, by the way, the apology tour for America? I'll throw that under traitorous. Sure. No question. Happy to do it. The, the literary community, I have no idea what that is. None. None whatsoever. Some people who, who really think a lot of themselves. Right? You're, you're not going to read Donald Trump's book? Producer Ari, you buy all the books. Yeah. You, buy, you bought Amorosa's book? Yes. You bought the Michael Wolf books? Both of them, yeah. Yeah, you bought some other nonsense, too. That's all the nonsense. Embarrassing. Uh, if Donald Trump wrote a book, would you, would, you, uh, would you read it? Probably. I mean, I'd have to, just to see, because I want to see his version of this presidency. If so Mike I, Pence wrote a book, would you read it? That, I don't know, because I feel like Mike Pence wouldn't have anything juicy in that book. Well, I think if Mike, nice. Pence, if Mike Pence does write a book, I think he's going to do the thing. Oh, well, if he does the thing, then yeah, I'll read it. If he, write, if he writes a book, it's for that reason. If he doesn't write a book, it's because that. I mean, I actually don't even see him writing a book, but I guess anything's possible. If he did, it would be more about leadership and those kinds of yeah. servant leadership, those kinds of concepts. Um, if, uh, let's see, who, who, who's been a. If uh, Mark Meadows writes a book, will you read it? If it's juicy, yeah. You, you read the other ones because you thought they'd be juicy. If this is going to be juicy, you'll read the thing. Yeah. People are going to read the books, guys, and the publishers are going to make crazy money. They're going to publish it. But if Trump decided to self-publish it and sold it on his website, he'll make more money. I mean, I mean that's just the facts. That's just the way it is. One of the things that I, I, I've, I've been taking a look at is... Uh, content and some other things that we do and, and, and newsletters, all these different kinds of things going on out there. And how do people position them and how do they, they push them out in, into the world? And, and one of the things that I've decided on, if I ever do any of those kinds of things, I am going with the name your own price model, right? What's the point of having a, of going to a publisher, right? Because you see, you could say you have a published book, you know, it'll be in bookstores. It's not the way the world works anymore. Just do it on on Amazon or do it on 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 your own and do it as an ebook or or whatever, and that's it, right? And and don't even set a price. Wh whatever you want to pay, whatever you want to pay. I am a true believer that that's the future. I mean, it's it's already here, and plenty of people have done that. But by and large, that's the future. You think I'm going to worry whether the literary community says that uh, no one should publish my book? The literary community. It's not even a thing. It's a bunch of pseudo-intellectuals so desperate to, uh, to self-flagellate that they put themselves on a letter. I oppose the letter that the National Review did regarding Trump. Going back to 2016, they were wrong. This is just an extension. People who believe in their own self-importance. Holy cow. Uh, congratulations to Josh Hawley for getting the deal with Regnery. You can disagree with him. You don't have to buy his book. That he committed some kind of crime, that he caused a, a, a riot. You don't have that. And that gets into all these companies and all these groups that are no longer giving to this one or that one. Well, in 2004, 
look at all the Democrats that opposed uh, George Bush. Did you say the same about them? If not, why not? Because there was no riot? What about the violence over the last four years? Did you say no to anybody? What about those people who condoned violence in cities all across the country and actually aided and abetted it, like Kamala Harris, who said, here, donate to get people out of jail, donate to their bail? Do you still, did you, did you give to her campaign? If companies want to have this voice, I don't stop them from having a voice, but they are going to be responsible for their voice. And they're going to be asked why they don't have a consistent voice. And that's true of retail companies. And that's true of drug manufacturers like Eli Lilly, which where, where I live in Indianapolis. And what I, 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 I've been asking is maybe they don't care, right? They're Eli Lilly. They're a drug manufacturer. What are you going to do, not take their drugs? <laughs> and you will do what you have to do to survive, and they'll do whatever they want because, well, that's that. That's a really ugly question to ask. Do you think Eli Lilly pays attention? Or they say, hey, we don't care. You're going to take our drugs anyway, unless, of course, you want to die. I don't think anybody thinks like that. But I don't think there's any question that when you pick and choose this morality, that you might lead people down the road of asking that very question. I don't think that's the place you want to be in, personally. I think you want to have standards and you want to apply them. And you want to apply them properly. I'm Tony Katz. Twenty-one million gu- guns sold in the U.S. in 2020, up 60 percent, according to this from the Washington Examiner. The top buyers were women and people who are black. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Tony Katz today. Facebook Tony Katz Radio online at TonyKatz.com. It's the final analysis of the FBI background checks. The National Shooting Sports Foundation estimates about 21 million gun sales, 34% jump over the previous record set in 2016. Uh, To all the first-time gun owners, uh, hey, welcome. How are you? Get trained. Hi. Good to have you here. Good on you for... You know, engaging your rights and uh, and get trained. Uh, black Americans buying guns at a rate 58% greater than in 2019. And uh, uh, background checks hitting a record of 39.6 million. Right? That's more than people who just bought uh, guns. By the way, best of luck finding ammunition. Oh, dear Lord. Dear Lord, I know I've talked about it before. You know, it's uh, it's it's just impossible to find ammunition. And it doesn't even matter what you're talking about. Me, I'm just looking for nine millimeter. I just best of luck. I mean, I, I mean, if you want to tell somebody a joke, hey, you know where I can find a thousand rounds of nine millimeter? You know. People laugh you, laugh you out of the room. Laugh you out of the room. But people engage in their Second Amendment rights, oh, I love it. Love it and adore it. Just go get trained. Me, I could use more training myself. That much is for sure. I promised I would share it uh, from Remy over at Reason.
Um, he makes parodies, right? Uh, and political parodies is what is what he does. This, uh, the parody regarding all those politicians who say one thing and do another thing about coronavirus. Oh, you can't go out, but I can go out. Oh, you can't go to the restaurant, but I go to the restaurant. Oh, you should stay at home while I'm making this video telling you to stay at home while I'm on vacation in Mexico. Yeah, that's... Those people. I thought it was pretty good. Yo, man. Yo. Open up, man. Yo, what you want, man? My constituents just caught me. You let them catch you? I don't know how I let this happen. Wait, where? The place next door, you know? Wait, I thought you ordered all the restaurants to close, man. I don't know what to do. Just say it wasn't you. All right. Voter came in and they caught me red-handed eating at the place next door. Were there a lot of people there? Picture this. Not that vacant, like a hundred peeps or more. How could I forget that I had Vandal Indo gatherings? Just a prime example of a really big hypocrisy. You don't understand, we're not like other creatures. Rules do not apply to us, we are the leaders. Voters can't be trusted to be Indo eaters. They are more contagious after all, they're mouth breathers. Just tell them it's important to follow all the law. How any violation might kill a grandma. Why you do what you want, even in laws. Mr. Mayor, how would you prefer your foie gras? Donated. Sir, we saw you at a party. It wasn't me. Eating at the French Laundry. It wasn't me. You even had the clam chowder. It wasn't me. Sir, we got you on camera. It wasn't me. You said we can't be super spreading. It wasn't me. So I missed my brother's wedding. It wasn't me. You jailed a barber for hairdressing. I have a wedding. This is getting upsetting. Photo came in and they got me red the hypocrisy is insane and everybody sees it and it's one of the places where i'm actually actually kind of uh, of of stunned and amazed that we haven't seen more pushback right if you tell me that you know you expected a riot i never expected a riot at the capitol did i expect business owners by the hundreds by the thousands say yeah we're done with the shutdowns yes Yes, I did. We've got story after story now about how lockdowns don't work, about how schools should be open. You've got Mayor Lori Lightfoot of Chicago saying we should open the bars and restaurants. uh, Why? Because it's safer than having people do things privately, right? And you've got even uh, Governor Cuomo of New York saying we got to get these businesses back open. Amazing how this all comes right as Joe Biden is going to be inaugurated. 